This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Table Tales. Today, we have Mr. Rick Powell in the studio, and he's here to tell us all about it. Uh, Mr. Powell is a very interesting guy. I've known him for a little bit, and he's told me a little bit about his life, and uh, we thought it'd be interesting to get him on the podcast. So, how are you doing, Mr. Powell? How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Dan. Glad, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, first of all, let's just go right into it. Where uh, where are you from originally? Where did you grow up, and how did everything like that come to be? Well, uh, I was born in Norwood, Ohio, <clears throat> but I came to Kentucky uh, shortly after that and was raised by my grandparents in McKee. Yep. My grandpa was Judge Homer Powell. Okay. Uh, reason being I live with my grandparents was that my father got killed in a car wreck when I was two years old. Oh. And my mother was pregnant with my sister and didn't know what to do. So my grandparents took me in and I growed up with my grandparents to third grade mm -hmm. and on top of the hill there at uh, the school. And I could actually yell down at my grandmother in the garden uh, yeah. while, while swinging. <laughs> so I was, that was great. Yeah. And then uh, I played around the courthouse, got to, you know, enjoy the little town of McKee, fishing the creek as a yeah. little boy. And uh, then shortly after uh, three years, I moved to Indiana to live with my mother. I started fourth grade in Indiana, Richmond, Indiana. Yeah. Then after I uh, spent uh, till I graduated in 1978, and then uh, the day after graduation, I was in the military at Fort Knox. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you for your service. Thank you. And spent six years in uh, the, the <clears throat> army as a tanker. And oh then, wow! And then, uh, yeah, big booms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, after six years of military, I told myself that there's nothing in Richmond, Indiana, for me. <clears throat> so I said, I'm going back to the hills. Yeah. So I came back to the hills. Uh, first off, I I lived in Richmond for a while with my uncle. Yeah. Earl Powell, which a lot of people do, Earl Suzuki and Honda, mm -hmm. which at one time was the largest Suzuki Honda dealership in America. Now, where was that located again? In Richmond, right okay. off, right off okay. Main Street, Hallie Urban. Okay. And Earl made a name for himself as a early 50s drag racer uh, wow. that traveled around, set records, and was very well known. Wow. Very what about well, that? Very well known. Also, well, uh, one of the founders of the, the local motorcycle club, uh, Peacemakers. Okay. So, now, I believe probably everybody's heard of the Peacemakers. Uh, yeah. So they've been around that long. Yeah, I was actually in a couple <clears throat> of years with them. And okay. And I, I went, I had other things I wanted to venture into. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
but yeah, Earl was very, very well known. Yeah. And um, after I got out of the service, I came home and lived with him in Richmond for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I ventured out eventually coming. I worked at the sickle dealership. And then I eventually ended up coming up to the farm yeah. at Kirby Knob and taking care of my grandmother and grandpa. And, uh, of course, Poppy had retired by then. Yeah. And uh, Granny was just a, a housewife, mm-hmm. and uh, but she needed help on the farm because Grandpa started getting sick. Right. And I took care of him approximately eight years with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we had nobody else. Nobody yeah. was interested. And then uh, then after Poppy died, uh, I started running the family business. During that time, uh, my Uncle Earl, it's kind of like a movie set, had a package bomb sent to him in Richmond. What? He, he, he opened up a, a shoebox and uh, it blowed him. God, load him up. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a movie, but now why why did that happen? Or can you go into it? <laughs> uh, well, I'm one of few that actually know the actual truth. Okay, because okay. I've been with the postal inspectors. I've had in- interviews. We we know. I know. I know more than anybody about the truth. Okay, okay. And it was a, a package bomb, and his son pretty much thought he'd inherit everything. Okay. But uh, a few years went to pass, and uh, the feds was getting ready to go get him mm. in Lake Tahoe, where he lived. Yeah. And he caught wind of it somehow and went off the edge of a mountain. They said the brakes went out on the truck. but Really? How they determined that at, you know, 500 feet of dropping. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, so, but... That's what happened, and uh, basically, uh, we've been involved in several different things. Our, our uncle Earl did, and uh, he was U- University Book and Supply in Richmond was part of his ownership he owned, and then uh, of course Earl Suzuki and Honda, yeah, and then he had some properties. So he's a, a jack of all trades, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he he made a name for himself though in the motorcycle industry because he knew Mr. Honda and Mr. Suzuki on a first name basis. Yeah. Because he was the little place in Richmond, Kentucky that had snow in the winter, uh-huh. but yet was selling more motorcycles than people in Florida and California. Yeah, so they was wondering what in the world is this guy doing? And I've got you know, I've got <coughs> photo albums at home of where he met Mr. Suzuki, Mr. Honda on a first name basis. Yeah. He would win his trips every year, go over there and talk with them. And he just knew what to do and how to treat people. Because back in the day, you know, a lot of people around here survived on tobacco checks. Yeah. Well. And I meet people every day that tells me, yeah, I went to Earl's and I didn't have no money. Mm-hmm. I told them when I'd have my paycheck and they, Earl would say, pick what you want. Come and pay me when you get your check. What about that? And that pretty much put him on the map. Yeah. Don't hear of anything like that anymore. No, nobody's going to do nothing like no, that now. Uh-uh. But he, he did, you know. You get guys come back every month after they burn them REM-125s up and yeah. <laughs> they'd buy another one because you could buy them cheap then. Yeah. So, but, what uh, about that? There's a whole lot of trust in people back in them days. Your word was 
Your word was your word. Yeah, it meant something back then. Your word is your bond back then, I'd imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, that's, that's, that's amazing stuff. So you was, uh, to go a little bit back into your military history, you drove a tank? Yes, sir. I was a tanker. Uh, I kind of kept my act together. I qualified a couple times a year, but mostly uh, I was one of the top qualifiers. And then during that time, I'd get to drive a colonel, a major. Oh, you drive them yeah, around, you I'd mean? Yeah, i drive them around oh, okay. with about four radios on it. And, <clears throat> Wow. And it was it was an interesting job, but I was also, I had to qualify a couple times a year on the tank with them. Okay. they were the high officials and they wanted the best. So well, yeah. we had one of the best drivers. We had best gunners. We had the best tank yeah. commanders, you know, of everything. You know, it was yeah. all just a team. Do you remember what the tank was called that you drove? M60A1. M60A1. That's something. Now, can you describe for people, because most people's never been in a tank. A lot of people never even seen a tank. What's it like to fire one of them things? Oh, you can actually shoot about five miles down range, blow a house. Up. Five miles. Yeah, now they got some that's even more high tech. You can go across land at about 55 mile an hour. God man. And the gun tube stays on target at whatever you're aiming at. That's, yeah. That's the new XM1, which I didn't get to be part of. I, yeah. I'm kind of old. <laughs> so you drove probably may be considered the more dangerous ones or not. Uh, well, the life expectancy high tech. Of, a, of a tanker is a few <clears throat> minutes on a battlefield. Because a few if, minutes. <laughs> if you're not hit good, you know, that usually lasts a little longer than that. But yeah. if you're not hit good, you know, the whole objective is to take the tanks out because they're your big power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a battleship. If you take a battleship out, yeah. take it out. Now, I don't know anything about tanks or being in the military. Uh, the tank that you are that you was in is probably more manpower, like man-controlled by you and stuff like that versus maybe some of the more high-tech ones nowadays. It relied more uh, on the driver and the people that manned it, would you say? Yeah, you got to have a driver. Yeah. Got to have a uh, what to call the gunner that controls all the firing, and then yeah. your tank commander on top of the tank, that little Tupelo up top. He's yeah. he's the main man that calls the shots. Okay. And then you got a loader. Yeah. And so there's four crewmen. Man, I would really hate to be the guy sticking out of the top of that tank. Uh, that's not one of the worst jobs. One of the worst jobs is actually loading. Oh yeah. You got some rounds are 50, 60 pounds, and you got just yeah. three, or four, three to five seconds to sling one off the floor, load, yeah. shove in a breech, and if you get your hand in the breech's way, it'll break a two before and a half, and oh, like, it's, like it's nothing. So, yeah. So it could be quite dangerous, but now they've they've got all <clears> this uh, new high tech stuff. Mm. That's uh, they're, I've not actually been in the newest one, but they're yeah. uh, they're 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 unbelievable now. Oh, I, I can imagine. But, yeah. That uh, anybody that's ever been in the military, I, I applaud everybody that's ever served and the people that are serving. Uh, definitely, without people like you and the people that's in active duty and stuff like that, we are why we you are why we're able to do this. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the men and women serving today because <clears throat> without them, we wouldn't have the freedom that we've got. Absolutely not. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. You go overseas and 
see what it's like in other countries and mm-hmm. stuff. Then you come back here, you you learn to appreciate what we got. But yeah, the amount of courage and bravery that it would take for somebody to sign up or enlist, knowing that you could be killed by signing your name. I mean, anybody can get you. Know, I can get killed going down the road, but when you enter the military. <laughs> I would imagine there's a very high, much higher risk of it happening than a regular than a regular civilian. Oh yeah. yeah. So you know that. You yeah. Know, when you sign up, it's, that's what I'm it's saying. Got, it's got to be something you want to do. Oh yeah. It's not. You got to have not, it in your heart. It's not for everybody, you know. Yeah. But I, I have a great deal of respect for anybody that's in there. You know, whether they sit behind a desk because it takes somebody to do payroll, it takes well, yeah. everybody. It takes somebody to do everything. Oh yeah, so it absolutely. Matter, you know, I I done my part, and mm-hmm. then I got out and come back home to the hills. Why, well, yeah? What was the main draw that brought you back to the hills? The beauty, yeah. The people, just the uh, the lifestyle. After growing up in a pretty good sized little city, about <clears throat> seventy five thousand at that time in Richmond, yeah. Indiana, uh, it was a booming little community at that time, but. I just seen there wasn't no life for me there. I'd rather come back and and be around my grandparents, which kind of raised me, you know, oh, yeah. I was close to. And, and then when I came back, uh, you know, I, I fell, I worked for my Uncle Earl, and then I fell into uh, coming to the farm and taking care of Granny and Poppy because yeah. Grandpa uh, got Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And Granny couldn't take care of him by herself, so I, I was a single parent with a daughter. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I basically to help her, and mm-hmm. I done it all. I diapered him, I bathed him, and yeah. she couldn't, you know, she couldn't do everything. She just wasn't strong enough. And, and you said you done that for eight years. Uh, it was approximately eight years. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a very commendable thing. I believe that's uh, probably the uh, amount of integrity and stuff that you have to enter the military had something to do with you being able to do that for so long. You got to have a certain type of mentality to do those type of things. Well, that and just love in your heart. Yeah. You just got to, you got to love everybody. You're supposed to have love, man. That's Bible. Mm -hmm. You got to have love. Oh yeah. And and it's, you know, I love my, my grandparents and I took care of him and then, my grandmother was going blind on me, mm-hmm. and I took care of her. Took her to church every night she wanted to go. I, you know, I'd walk her in there. You know, yeah, I done my part for. Her. Wow. And then you know they took care of me. Yeah, that's Cause awesome. Because I, I was there for them, and they took care of me. Now, what year was it that you moved here from Richmond, Virginia? Richmond, Indiana. I don't know if you said Richmond, Indiana is where I come from. Yeah. Where, when did you, what year was it when you moved from there? I got out of service in 82. Oh, 82. I was two year old. <laughs> yeah, I come back here and and this was, this was home. Yeah. I'm third generation farmer. So yeah. I'm trying to hang on to it, but I'm wearing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say you got plenty of years left in you. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had a rough life, man. Too many surgeries. Oh yeah. But I'm not no quitter. I'm. That's yeah. You know. I'd say you're not. I don't see any quit in you. Uh, 
No, I'm, I'm still a go-getter. I'm involved in the community. I do several things. Yeah. As, uh, you know, I'm part of the Cattlemen's Association. Mm -hmm. I've been on the tourism board for 20-some years. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, Jackson County Off-Roaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're involved in about everything coming and going in the county. And, uh, it's a great privilege to be on board with Eric. Yeah. Um, Backroads of Appalachia. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, I think he's great. He's he's great for this community. Mm -hmm. And anything I can do to make things better, I'm for it. Because oh, you know, this too. is my home. Yeah. It has been for ever <clears throat> since 82 when I come back. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest... Uh, might be hard to answer. What's the biggest difference, like uh, between coming from '82 to 2023? Now, like, do you see as see uh, rural Appalachia progressing or regressing? Do you think it's gotten better or worse, or what do you think? Just as your well, opinion. A lot of other counties are really moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with the help of people like Eric and, and other things like London. You know, they've uh, yeah. they've got a great tourism. Mm -hmm. uh, committee or whatever you want to call them yeah. that uh, know how to get things done, work together yeah. and and make things happen and they're really uh, the numbers would would blow you away. Oh I'd say. They do great. Yeah. And you've got little Manchester's doing great. Yeah Manchester's doing some good stuff. And the thing we're trying to do here in Jackson County is we're trying to do something you know it's slow but mm -hmm. we are making progress slowly yeah. We just got to get more people on board with us and, and get the understanding. But mm -hmm. uh, the, the younger generation, <clears throat> such as yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you guys understand that you know growth can be good. It can, it's yeah. you know, it's not something that's bad, bad. Right. And it don't always raise taxes. It can just bring you a little bit more money. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's, growth is not always bad. Oh, no, it ain't. I completely agree. Everybody always, including myself in the past, you know, I'm thinking, God, this is going to raise taxes. That's the first thing anybody thinks, you know. But in this situation, I believe it's completely different. Uh, with Eric and Backroads of Appalachia and stuff, uh, he's brought in a tremendous amount of uh, economic growth in this county just since he's moved here. He's, um, yeah. Man, he, he's he's doing things, but not yeah. just for here. No, he ain't. He's doing things all the way to the Virginia line. He just come from there, I believe. Uh, he's from, uh, I think, Whitley, Letcher County or something yeah. down in there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I moved here. and To move here and, and to want to help Jackson County, mm -hmm. I think that's something, you know. It says yeah. a lot for him. Yeah, it and, does. Uh, but there's, there's several people in this county that do want to help and make things better. Mm-hmm. I just wish, you know, a few more would step on board. Yeah. That could really help us. Uh, yeah. But it's it's kind of slow. But like I said, we are making progress. So. Yeah. There has been a big uptick in, like, just things coming out in the county since all this has been going on with the rally cars and everything like that. You know, you've got, I mean, Jackson County is eat up with craft people. And all these people that knows how to do all this different stuff, you know, uh, when he, when the rally was down to McKee, I think one of the first events he had, there was vendors set up all over that place. You know, there's very talented people in this county. It's just having the opportunity to showcase it, I believe. Well, and Eric's, uh, from my <coughs> understanding, I think he's going to open a store mm -hmm. on top of his Freedom Ridge up there. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, welcome, Senator. Uh, I think he's going to start uh, when he gets the store going. He's going to sell, let people bring <coughs> their arts and crafts in and Deal. sell them. Uh, but yeah, you got you got a lot of talented people here. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, you do a lot of hidden talent. Oh yeah, there's people out there that knows how to do things that that you've probably never seen them do. Like yeah. I said, a lot of hidden talent. Yeah, people people's <laughs> yeah. not aware of. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. we, uh, you know, you're starting to see Lamborghinis come through our county. Yeah, who would have thought that? Uh, your Corvette <laughs> clubs, Porsche clubs, yeah, motorcycles. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I actually ride, and I've I've done a few of the rides already. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a great thing. So I believe I saw your bike down there when I spoke to you in McKee that day. Is that a, what kind of bike is that? I think I know, but I'll let I you know. I got an it. old yellow gold wing. It's, yeah. It's actually, uh, a lot of people think it's new, but it's 21 years old. It looks brand new. It's, I've took care of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, but, uh, What kind of motors on that thing? 1800 Honda gold wing. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do as much riding as I'm, uh, able, mm -hmm. uh, I got a bad leg and have difficulties getting on and off, but my right. my buddies will lift me on and off when we go on a trip. And yeah, I need yeah. It. My buddies will pick me up and get me <laughs> off of it. So oh, yeah. I got some good friends. Oh yeah, it's all about that being in the air and smelling what God and seeing what God created. Yeah. Now uh, you talk about the uh, being involved with the peacemakers and stuff that originated in Kentucky. There was actually two two gentlemen. Uh, one, uh, I think he's from Kingsport, Tennessee, because my <coughs> uncle Earl uh, was a dozer operator, and this other guy was too, and they worked together okay. on highways and things. And and uh, uh, so the guy down there actually got his paperwork in a little before Uncle Earl did. Yeah. So they started down there, then Uncle Earl's went to, and he started up here. But okay. yeah, they've been around for 40 some years now. Yeah. So, but. Uh, something else that i do in memory of my uncle i've done about seven or eight earl powell memorial motorcycle shows oh yeah first one was in red lick kentucky yeah and we had over 500 motorcyclists ride through red Lake. wow it was, it was unbelievable what, yeah. what a weekend i can imagine i gave away probably 40 <clears throat> 40 50 trophies yeah and we had shirts we had burnout contests mm-hmm uh, it, it, it was great. It's been a little while since I had one, but I made my mind up that next year it's a must to bring it back home. Oh, awesome. To the city of McKee, Jackson County, where my Uncle Earl was from. Oh, okay. And he is as well known as about anybody you can. Yeah. You can think of because somebody bought a little moped from them or a little dirt bike when they were little, and now they're 56, 50. 60 yeah. years old, you know, well, yeah. I can tell you a story about it. So, so you're going to bring that back next I, year? I, I, that's that's my main goal is to bring it back. Well, absolutely. Heck, yeah. That's and, a uh, little special announcement for everybody. Uh, I didn't know that myself. So the, is it going to be called Earl Powell Earl Memorial? Earl Powell Memorial. It's going to come. <clears throat> if I can get the okay with the city of McKee, I'm going to bring it to, wow. to McKee. Awesome. Well, if you need anything from me in the podcast, let me know. I'll help out any way I can. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'm a, I am love bikes myself. I've rode bikes and stuff. I don't have one now. 
Uh, for somebody that don't know what it's like to ride a bike, you can't really explain it. Hey, if you ever get somebody on one, it's 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 a freedom. Oh, absolutely. It's just uh, you know the air, mm-hmm. the smell, yeah, the wind in the hair, yeah, the looking at nature, mm-hmm. especially if you're a passenger and you can look. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know that's great. Yeah. I'm, ne- I'm never wanna, a passenger, so don't want to look around wife, if you're my, <laughs> my wife says I I look too much, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's absolutely uh, it's it, it's it's just in the wind, man. Yeah, there ain't nothing else like it in the world. No, uh, I, I've done a lot of things in my life, but I you yeah. know, but now you know everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. guys, you know, fishing out on that. Boat oh yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That there's nothing no better. I mean, and I understand that. Well, yeah, that is a great thing too. I do a little of that. No, yeah. Oh yeah, it's just whatever you're into. That's it. Camping, you know, it's all mm-hmm. what you love to do. And I tell people, if you love to do it, keep doing it. Oh, absolutely. You got to have something. You got to have something to do to kind of just get away for a, for a little while, however long it takes. But that being said, after uh, <clears throat> uh, something I forgot to mention was several years ago it's been probably eight or ten years ago now we actually uh started a dealership back up me and my wife in richmond where my uncle earl had his shop okay we own richmond motorcycle and atv now is that right down main street right off of main street right on the left uh, or across from the old cemetery go up and over the hill right there and okay yeah had a big black and white checkered showroom I catered to everybody. It didn't matter what you rode. Yeah. I had Artie Cat. Uh, uh-huh. I actually had Dixie Chopper uh, mowers. Wow. And another line of product. And then I sold Chrome for, it didn't matter what you wanted, because my thing was I was the old country boy that, uh, with the country boy attitude, I was on the Coyote a lot. And yeah. And I'd do segments each week. People just didn't know what I was going to do. But yeah. I was the old country boy that, that, wanted to sell you that $400 tire that Harley Davidson would not yeah. sell you for $400. I'd sell it to you for three. Yeah. Same tire. Oh yeah. That's what it's about. Taking care of the people mm-hmm. and giving them things the best. Oh, absolutely. But after about an eight year run, we've become third largest, I think in five States. Wow. And, uh, people laughed at us at first, but they wasn't laughing. Let them laugh. They wasn't laughing. Yeah. <laughs> we become third largest. You yeah. Know, uh, but after that, I had a brush with death, and the good Lord kind of told me it was time to mm-hmm. change, change my life. Yeah, because he he spared me and let me live. Mm-hmm. And I told the wife it's been fun. We went places. We met people in the motorcycle industry. Yeah. So it's time to to give it up. Right. And slow down. Uh-huh. And the good Lord had a different plan for us. We yeah. uh, ended up adopting my two grandchildren. Yeah. And a lot of people know Cameron, Cameron Powell, uh-huh. uh, which I think he went back to his original name, Elliot, but everybody knows Cameron. Yeah. Cameron Powell and, uh, and Chelsea. Uh-huh. And we adopted them and raised them till a few years ago. Yeah. They wanted to go back with their biological parents that cleaned up, straightened up. Well, yeah. Uh, dad owns his own business. Uh, he actually does uh, 
powder coating for FFR here in McKee. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And Jimmy Elliott. Yeah. Patriot, okay. Uh, and uh, and then uh, Cameron uh, Cameron went on to become a he's a union lineman. Mm-hmm. Travels storm chaser. Making big money. And Chelsea's uh, actually graduating this year out of Southern. Oh, really? She lives up here in Jackson County, but uh, their biological mother, uh, my daughter, she's a teacher, Shannon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're uh, they're doing they're doing great, and that was just a that was a big change in her life. Uh, yeah. Adopting and and raising them. My yeah. We went through everything full adoption, but I always told the parents, if you guys come back and you straighten up, I'm willing to give custody back and the yeah. ju- judge he's been in there about 35 years or so he said he'd never in his life had a case where people had adopted and raised to almost yeah up that he signed back over custody i've never heard of that he, he <clears throat> never had yeah and i'll say one thing it was it was it was something it was a tearful moment to well, stand I there and so. say that i was going to give them back up and them not be there with me yeah although they're just out the road a few miles but it was just a it was, it was a change well yeah but uh i notice everything you talk about you've it's in a situation where you're giving you know it's you're uh, i mean whether it be with the bikes uh with the uh the dealership, the military, and stuff like that. You, you're in a situation where you're giving of yourself. My wife says, uh, "I got a, 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 I don't know exactly how she says it. That my heart that I give sometimes too much, but mm. I'm just that way. If I got, you know, a, a hundred dollars in my pocket." Yep. And it's my last hundred dollars. I don't have it many, but I mean, if I got it and I feel the urge as a preacher needs that money for the church or whatever it might be, yeah, I, you know, I'll give it because, you know, I'll get rewarded double that. Somewhere, oh, absolutely. Somewhere down the line. Yeah. So yeah. You'll I mean, be blessed. It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I got shoes on my feet, plenty mm. to eat. So well, that's good. I'm blessed, man. I just have to tell it like it is. I used to, I used to be a, party goer and do all those things my mm-hmm. life's turned around especially out of the brush with death and yeah and then uh now you know my life is uh we've been entrepreneurs of several things we got we got a little cabin we rent called city, yep. city gone country mm-hmm. cabin, yep. cabin and uh we do do quite well with it uh uh we had a big another big place but that's a, that's another story mm-hmm and uh but we're still going and you was mentioning a minute ago you know about uh how jackson county is trying to grow and stuff we now have approximately 60 we might be a little over 60 now b and b's yeah that's amazing in the the county i didn't know we had that many uh it it is it's amazing yeah and a lot of them are doing 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 well that's all that's good we got a lot of beautiful sites oh absolutely country to see Mm -hmm. there's a lot of beauty in jackson county there is and but uh with that being said uh you know uh what else i do (laughs) cattlemen's association i I mentioned all that Uh, you're a bus driver currently right 
I actually drove six years when I got out of the military. I drove up here in Jackson County. Yeah. Okay, you did drive in the county. I was wondering if you did. I drove about six years. Yeah. And uh, actually, there'll be some, if they hear this and they know, they know what I'm talking about. I was the first one ever to put a stereo in a school bus in Jackson County. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, They tried to fire me over it and everything. What? (laughs) Just to get little uh, tunes going. Well, yeah, but under (laughs) under, uh, such and such law, as long as you had it in control of the bus driver. Right on your immediate side there, yeah. somehow, and the speakers were plush mounted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't against the law because my lawyer brought that up to okay. me and told them. Look. I guess maybe they did. They saw it could be like a distraction or something, maybe. Well, to to a point, yeah. You know, but it can also benefit you. Now I oh, yeah. now I drive in, in in Madison County, Berea, mm-hmm. and I got a stereo. About every bus comes with stereos now. Yeah. And well, you probably paved I, the way for I, that. I crank, I crank up the stereo. The kids sit back and listen to the tunes. Sometimes they even sing. Yeah. You know, and I'll pump them up. I'll say, I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. And all the kids say, man, you, you're a cool old man to be a bus driver. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's all about getting along with them. So, Why, yeah. And I love it. Uh, don't know if I'm going to be doing it much longer. But, mm. uh, you know, between the years of, up here... Mm-hmm. And then I've been down there a little over ten years or yeah. so, and well, you and, do have a lot on your plate. In between, I've done you know a lot uh, yeah. of things, you know, just trying to make a living with the sickle dealership and such yeah. as that. And then I had a country store out in Kirby Knob, gas station, game room, food. Yeah, I done I done well with that. Uh, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur of several things, but yeah, me and the wife is. We're wanting to slow down some. Oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You've definitely paid your dues. Definitely paid your dues, and you've earned some some slowing down and quiet quiet time for yourself. Yeah, I'm, I still enjoy, though, just driving through the farm and looking at the beauty because I can mm-hmm. see all the way through to Berea. Oh, yeah. I can look at Owsley Fork at the back of my farm. I look at the lake of Owsley Fork. Yeah. Where I got married at. Yeah. Oh, you got married there? At the back of the farm, rode up on a tractor. Pretty cool. That was awesome. That'd be awesome. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> that was 20, 23, 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 23. So it was, I better not get that wrong, 23. <laughs> yeah, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> but that... Uh, yeah, the views, like I said, you can't beat the bluegrass, you know. And where we live at, the bluegrass and the mountains blend. Yeah, yeah, they do. You know, that's been a, a, a logo kind of of Jackson County Yep. ever since. Mm-hmm. I can remember when we had hats, I actually got one. Yeah. Where the mountains and the bluegrass blend. They absolutely yeah, do, Jack- too. Jackson County, and they do up there because that's the edge and the flow of the Appalachians. Yeah. That's part part of yeah. the you know, the edge of it. Mm-hmm. So but Appalachian is uh, I mean the most beautiful country in the world, I feel like. Uh, I kind of feel sorry for people that don't get to see it. <laughs> well I I've we've had people from we was counting the other day, probably twenty or better different countries mm-hmm. that's come here and spent time with us and, yeah. and they just they are amazed at yeah. the beauty, you know, mm-hmm. that we got. But yet it's not you know, now it's not Gatlinburg, but then you don't have stop and go traffic. Yeah. You don't have 
you know. It's kind of the best of both worlds right here. Those are mountains down there. We live in the hills. Yeah. And people, I emphasize that to people. We're at the hills. You want mountains, you got to go down where you look straight up. Yeah. Yeah. See the top. Mm -hmm. We're kind of in the rolling hills. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. Me and my wife just took a, and the boys took a trip to uh, Newport, Kentucky, which is right on the Ohio border. And uh, we was driving through town, which is right downtown. And, you know, there's a lot of people who lives down there. You ain't kidding. Right down in the middle of town. And all you see is concrete and blacktop and and road signs and uh, traffic lights and construction work and uh, uh heavy machinery being used there is people in this world that that's all they ever see it's a concrete jungle it's a yeah that's an excellent way to put it that's a con it's a concrete jungle that they live in i would be i think it's safe to say that if you took somebody like that and they may prefer that and that's that's fine you know what it's whatever you prefer but i would bet money that if you take somebody like that and put them into an environment like what we got they'd be just like you said, they'd be blown away at well, the beauty and the just tranquility and the peacefulness that we have here. The thing that I've seen in the last year <clears throat> to two years is every little piece of property around home that comes up for sale, it's sold. Yeah. You got Floridians. quick. You got Floridians. You got Texans. You got Flor mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Florida, Texas, California. Mm -hmm. You got some New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. They're moving in here, getting out of the metropolitan areas because yeah. they said it's getting so bad that they don't want to be part of it no more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even around home, you got people coming in there and they're buying these little buildings and they're homesteading in them. Yeah. Because they don't, they're tired of the rat race. Yeah, they're tired they of the want, city life. Uh, they just want a little place to have peace of mind. Yeah. Me and my wife and boys was coming home from London one day. Now this was probably. I'm going to say over a year ago. And we stopped at uh, Corner Quick there in uh, Tyner. And I just went in to uh, get a bottle of water or something other than I walked back out. And there was this uh, little hatchback car sitting there. And it had racks on the top of it and stuff. And I was like, hmm, they ain't from around here. You know, us being from around here, you can automatically spot just by looking at somebody's car, they ain't from here, you know. And then uh, the door, the driver's door slung open, and this Hispanic guy got out of the car. And then a Hispanic woman got out of the side of the, the passenger seat, and two little kids got out of the back uh, back seat. So they, the, the wife and kids walked into the store, and the Hispanic guy walked past me, and he was, like, tatted up, you know, had a bunch of tattoos and stuff, shaved head, had a, had a couple teardrops on his on his face, and anybody knows what that means. You know, I'll, I'll let you Google that. But uh, pretty rough-looking dude, you know. And uh, I walked past him, and I got a bunch of tattoos and stuff, and uh, he walked up to me with a real thick Hispanic accent. But I work around hispanics a lot and different people where you have to be able to understand uh accents and dialects and stuff and he said hey uh uh do you know where we can get something to eat and uh of course this was before el dorado and everything you know like over a year ago i would say so it was dairy queen or the chicken hut or something like that so i told him i said you can go here but uh uh, 
I said the Jackson County Fair is going on right now. That's exactly when it was. It was September of last year when this was going on because I told him the fair was going. He said, what's that? And I said, well, it's where the county, they have a parade and they have a car show and all these vendors set up. And he said, I ain't never heard of anything like that. And come to find out, they moved from Chicago to here. And uh, I, he said, what's a, what is that? I said, well, it's where the county gets together, you know, like I said, and they make these floats and they drive through the, the, the town and promote, you know, different businesses and stuff like that. And he said, oh, that sounds awesome. He said, we ain't never seen anything like that. He said, where we come from in Chicago, it's too dangerous to do anything like that. And uh, I said, really? I said, that's that's sad. And he said, yeah. He said, they tried it about 10 years ago, but four people was killed during the parade. And I said, oh, my God. And uh, I talked to this dude for probably just about five or 10 minutes, you know, and I said, all you got to do is get back on this main highway and drive. I said, you'll run into it here in about seven or eight miles. And uh, come to find out they was living somewhere in Anvil. And me and my wife and boys drove our side by side through the parade that day. And uh, I saw them standing uh, in front of where the old IGA is, now, where uh, Island City Liquor is now. And he just waved and everything it was awesome so you just take somebody like that that's come from such a hostile environment to putting them in such a peaceful environment their mind's blown they don't know what to make of it because they've never seen anything like it that's sad i i hear it a lot when people stay at our place and they get up oh i'd say you do porch and they say you can hear the birds yeah it's just so peaceful here. Imagine not being able to live where you live and not hear birds chirping. I can't imagine it. I, I can't. No. I've done it so long now that I, I've lived out yeah. here at the farm so long that mm-hmm. it's a way of life looking over the hill and seeing tur- yeah. turkeys and go to the back of the farm, see deer. And oh, yeah. It's just, just the way of life. Now, we step out on our porch any given night. You hear a frog croaking. Crickets are chirping, birds going of the day, squirrels out in the front yard, rabbits everywhere. It's just, it's we kind of take it for granted, or at least I do, because it's so normal to see and hear those type of things. But there's people out there that would give anything to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, that's why people are moving here. Yeah, so, there has been a lot of people moving it, in here. It's a lot of people. And, then, you know, that may scare a lot of people. Uh them you know getting uh we may call them outsiders or implants from other states and stuff like that but i see it as a good thing you know uh that's more opportunity for people to come in and build whatever they want for the county Uh, this country was built on different cultures well yeah well yeah i mean i don't i don't see much wrong with it because like i tell people i Especially living, going to Madison County, driving a school bus. Yeah, we get made fun of. You know, well, yeah. Well, you guys up there, if it snows a, a flake or two, there's no school. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we all go the same amount of days. Uh, yeah. It's just we start about two weeks before you do down <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And I said, you know, furthermore, we love our kids. And I said, you guys, some of you down here can't, you can't <clears throat> drive 
on flat ground much less you couldn't drive up there and run the ridges so i said don't make fun of drivers up there yeah, yeah. i said now you guys got spoiled driving these automatics and i said i drove an old stick up there yeah back in the day when you had to manually open the door and yeah now it's all push button it's like driving a cadillac so, yeah yeah you know uh they they do me pretty hard down there, but it's all in, it's all good. Well, yeah, I I deal with that a little bit too. There was a guy that I work with that just transferred to the institution that I work at from uh, Jersey, and uh, he drives a car, a real a, a rear wheel drive car, and uh, I told him I said, and he ain't seen our winners here yet. He just got here not long ago. And I told him, I pulled in in my big four-wheel drive truck out there, and he was in his rear-wheel car. And I said, uh, you going to get you a truck before the snow hits? No, no, I'll be all right. And I said, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> I said, you might ought to think about it. <laughs> we get some pretty harsh winters down here. Yeah, sometimes. It's, yeah. it's, it's changed over the last few years. We, yeah, it has. We don't, we don't get it as bad as we used to, but if we get one every <clears> now and then, it's, yeah. that's a whole back. But that's kind of just part of it, you know. People just go with the flow. Well, you, you live up here. We come up Big Hill, and, of course, we watch the news a lot. If there's mm -hmm. any snow in the forecast, yeah. our buses go from Phillips down to the bottom of the hill. Yeah, yeah. Because there may be school down there not up here. Yeah. And then if there's too much snow, you can't go down Big Hill in the bus. Yeah, man. I, we won't change it. So we, yeah. got, we got some friends down there we park at. Mm-hmm. And if it's uh, if there's any mention of snowflakes, our buses go off the hill down below. Yeah, I don't blame you. I would really hate to come off that hill on a bus or anything for that well, matter. I've went down it and it covered in ice, and the state police sitting up top with it with it uh, with it shut down. Yeah. And they said if you go, you go at your own risk. Yeah. And I've actually went down it on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Because it's not as steep on the other side it ain't, yeah. as, as the right side. Mm -hmm. So I went over on the other side. There wasn't nobody coming. So Right. And then you drive on the rigid part of it off, mm -hmm. off the side. Yeah. And people setting up there, 30, 40 cars at the top of Big Hill. You know, well, I got to go. They're, they're having school down below. Yeah. Because the weather changed at the bottom of the hill coming up. Yeah. That's a real thing. It and, can change within a mile. Oh, it happens. Bottom <laughs> yeah. of the big hill, it'll be raining. Yeah. I've seen it a million times. Halfway up, it'll be yeah, be a blizzard. <laughs> That's so odd. I mean, it may be like that all over the world, but you will literally be in a downpour at the bottom of big hill. And then when you get to the top of it, sun shining, not a drop of rain. And hasn't rained. But that's just kind of Appalachia for you. Well, the problem with that is I think Bomb Big Hill is like 900 feet of. Uh, yeah, it's way down. It's 14 something the top. Yeah, big so, difference in elevation. Oh, yeah, the temperature yeah. and everything. So. Yeah. But uh, I love it up here, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, Wouldn't trade it for nothing, would you? No, no, not really. I, I'm wanting to slow down, but, uh, yeah. you know, the lifestyle up here, I. I uh, I love it, you know. What is your favorite thing above all else that you enjoy or want for Appalachia? Let me ask this. What's the two-part question? What is the most favorite thing you, of yours that you enjoy about Appalachia? What's it mean to you? The beauty. The freedom that we have up here. I mean, we can go out in our backyards. 
A lot, a lot of us can. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but we can shoot our guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people can go to their neighbors or somewhere and hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, that freedom is like no other. Yeah. You want to go camping, you can go estuary tire, you can go somewhere and camp, you know, or you can go find a pond to fish in. Mm-hmm. A lot of places that don't have that, they can't do that. Yeah. Then there's a two-part question. What was that? Yeah, what is the most favorite thing about Appalachia that you enjoy? What gives you the most enjoyment out of Appalachia, I guess I should say? Uh, Probably meeting and talking to people, Mm -hmm. especially old-timers, and listening to the way of life. How they they growed up. That's priceless. And you saying, man... (laughs) I wouldn't have walked five miles to school. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or I wouldn't rode a horse or a mule. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, a lot of them's getting gone on us. But mm-hmm. if you still around, it can tell tales. But my great-grandpa lived to be 103, and he can tell you when he was alive, he could tell you the first electric, first phone. First, Man. Yeah, it was amazing. I got a, a tape of it. It, it you know, it's it's amazing to listen to those tales. Yeah. Or the, I should, let me rephrase it. They're not tales. They're they're true stories. Yeah, real life stories. Real life. You know, yeah. it's not a tale. Yeah. But that and just meeting the people. Mm-hmm. We delivered homes, uh, uh, shelters and stuff for the high school that they was building up there down to the flood victims and oh, yeah. Fleming Neon. I was part of that uh, yeah. team with my brother-in-law, Marvin Wilder. And man. The devastation and just mm. people so so proud they didn't want to take nothing from you not even a bottle of water yeah well take it to my neighbor they might need it worse no we got plenty we got semi loads we got stuff here for you yeah we want you to have some yeah but their pride was so great that they didn't want they didn't want to take food or nothing mm. and they needed it and until you've been there and you cried with them and you pull up to a house and it's setting off its foundation, moved over about 10 feet. Here sits a guy about six foot five, tattooed out. Mm. Looks like some a gangster that you wouldn't even want to talk with. You walk up to him and he turns around, tears rolling down his face. And I said, brother, you need a hug? And him just break down and say, yeah, I could use one, man. What about that? I don't know what I'm going to do. I ain't got no home. I ain't got nothing. I said, brother, you're going to make it. Yeah. You're going to make it. He said, well, this is home. We got to do something. Mm-hmm. And hit setting, you know, clean off foundation. They'd have to be destroyed. Wow. Yeah. But we've seen so much devastation down there, you know. But it happens everywhere. It's up here, too. Yeah, I think that was... As far as I can remember, one of the most devastating things that happened to uh, this this region in a long time, as far as I can remember. But I remember seeing, I do remember seeing it on TV, and people that, that community rallied together so much, and they would have absolutely taken care of that themselves. It might have took them years and years longer, but they would have done it themselves. But the the amount of integrity and pride and hard work that is instilled in Appalachian people, 
I don't think can be matched anywhere in the world. That's not a knock on everybody on everybody else. I'm just saying that it'd be hard to keep up with Appalachian uh, the, the Appalachian mindset. You can't you can't be country people, man. No, you can't. I mean, country people. It's like you know, Marvin talked to the kids, and the kid says, "Man, we'd love to build that and be part of it." Yeah. And then it was about six of them or so to go help set them up down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we watched a little girl cry because we brought her a shelter, and she said. You don't know what this means. The tent was getting awful cold. Wow. And them students, they seen that, man, and they just said, man. I mean, they, they, they broke, you know, it got to them. The tent and was I getting said, cold. I said, that could be you. Yeah, the tent and the ground was getting cold. Man, man. Mom was at work trying to make enough money. Their home got completely destroyed. Yeah. But it was it was great being part of that, and thanks to Marvin and and their uh, mm-hmm. the students. And then the donations that come in per, yeah. per building. I think we built about 10. Well, that's or awesome. They did. I, did. Yeah. I was just part of the delivery. Right, thing. right. I donated my truck, my gas, my. But then we had places like the Whistle Stop that donated the fuel, Phillips, mm-hmm. uh, or donated goods. And then uh, Phillips, he donated gas, filled my truck up. Wow, what about and, that? You know, the community st- stepping up and helping our neighbors. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And even though they're three hours away, they're our neighbors. Well, absolutely. That's the that that's a beautiful that's thing. I'm glad you said that. That's Appalachia. You may be three hours away, but you're considered neighbors. You really are. That's Don't what, matter. That's what it's about. And you know, <clears throat> years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was some uh, was an EKU professor or somebody that drove through the county and made a comment. That, I don't know how they eat up there. There wasn't a restaurant, nowhere to get no food or nothing. A know, restaurant. In, in McKee. Yeah. And, you know, somebody, uh, oh, hit, yeah, he caught a lot of, he caught a lot over That's there. how he did. Somebody said, well, you should have stopped at some house because somebody would have fed you. Yeah. Anybody. And, you know, yeah, I, I got Kentucky round steak. I'll feed you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, feed, I'll feed you some real steak. Yeah. You if you want taters, I got taters. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, uh, Appalachian people will come together when nobody else will. I've seen it in my short 43 years on earth. Uh, there's n- there's nothing like Appalachian people. No. no They'll take no. care of you. I've pulled people out of the ditches helping my neighbors. What do I owe you? You don't owe me nothing. That's, and, yeah. I mean, my, nothing. my, my cattle cross the fence. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, nothing on the other side, but they cross the fence. Neighbors will help get them back in. You know, we yeah. do. We help each other. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. And it's not a it's not looked at as a task by people. That's that is absolutely just what you do. It's naturally instilled in Appalachian people to help one another out. If somebody needed a bill paid, people will gather around and raise the money to pay your bill for you, or yeah. a church will, or or some community business. Somebody will help you out, guaranteed. Even though, you know, it's hard times. There's mm-hmm. People is so generous Yeah, up in here, man. They I mean, really are. So, and, I mean, it's everywhere. You see it everywhere. But the, the, the folks in Appalachia up in the hills here and stuff, they're just a different breed. Yeah. And I tell people, don't make fun of people in the, the hills because I'm going to tell you, they're going to survive when 
you people down in the city can't. That's true. That's true. They ain't going to go hungry. Mm-mm. They know how to grow gardens. They know how to skin a deer on a line. They know how to do will survive. They know it's the truth. That's, they that's will. the bottom line. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not, yeah, uh, it's just, it's the truth. I don't know any other better way to say it. You know, we'll, we'll, we will adapt and overcome no matter what, I feel like. Exactly. And I'm proud to tell people, you know, I named my bed and breakfast. They say, where did you get the no, I'm not a breakfast. I don't cook. Yeah. We put fresh farm eggs out for our customers. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're not, we don't cook, but that's right. the way we have to be listed. But I tell people, you know, it's, it's different, man. It's, it's a different life. You, you, you just got to experience yeah. it. You know, I lost my train of thought there, but it's a different lifestyle. Yeah. And you got to love it. It's the only lifestyle I'd ever want. I, I just, you know. If I if I ever left, I'd have to go somewhere as laid back as this. Oh yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I I told my wife I could never go live in a city. No. I mean, even though you know you got places like Berea that's nice, you got other little places that's nice. I just really couldn't. I couldn't live that. Mm-mm. No, we like I was mentioning before. We went to Newport. Uh, for our boy's birthday, took him to the aquarium down there and stuff and had a great time. But, man, I was ready to get home. I don't like all that concrete and <laughs> stuff right in my face. Been there several trips on the bus to Newport Aquarium. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is. It's a mess down there. It's it really all is. just one turn after another buildings. and Yeah. I mean, bypasses right in front of your face and on ramps and stuff. Downtown Cincinnati's even worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. I, we went, well, we crossed the, we got a glance at it. We walked across the Purple People, we, uh, Purple People Bridge, I believe is what it's called. And uh, we looked at it and turned around. <laughs> it's, it's a different world over there. It really is. It's, it's really, it really is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to stay right I'm, where I'm I'm proud at. to say that, you know, I'm here. Yeah, and I'm proud to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm from Kentucky, man. This yeah. is this is home. Yeah, it has been for a long time. Yeah, and I, I just love it. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody does. I don't know anybody that doesn't, and if they do, they usually just move on out of here and get out of the way. <laughs> and, and the logo of my place, City Gone Country, now that I thought of it, mm-hmm. everybody yeah. says, where did you get that name from? Well, I was kind of a city boy for yeah. a while, and I'm gone yeah. country, and I'm, yeah. I'm there to stay. I've, oh, yeah. I've been here a long time, but growing up here a little bit young as a young Boy, to third grade, I, that that helped me a whole lot. Yeah, I got to know some some, some of the people. And then I, when I come back, you know, it's not like, mm. oh uh, yeah, I remember you, Rick. I, yeah, we went to school, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you went in McKee, yeah, yeah. But, but I knew people, so yeah, I come back. Once here, once you come here, it's hard to leave. Don't want to leave. Yeah, I get people say, man. I understand why you live here. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, it is what it is. <laughs> <You Yeah>. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> well, buddy, I really appreciate you coming. Uh, before we go, what's the name of your place, the, the City, B&B? City Gun Country Cabin. 
City on Country Cabin. Can they look that up on the internet anywhere? Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's been a mix up. They still got my on certain places. They've got my older house that I used to have a ten bed facility, one of the bigger. Yeah. But when COVID hit, it shut us down for like a year or so. Wow, what about that? And I had to do something. Yeah. So the house now is uh, I got a cousin living there mm-hmm. and. Uh, we built the cabin beside of us, and it's a uh, it's just a one bedroom, but yet it's a it's a nice nice cabin yep. uh, that uh, people really enjoy, and we enjoy meeting people, and mm-hmm. and most of all we meet and greet everybody that we can. Yeah, we're not you know. We just give them that Appalachian feel. We, we they say, man, you guys are different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and there's other little secrets that I won't disclose. Oh yeah. That makes us different. Yeah. And that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Yeah. Well, everybody, if you need a place to stay in Jackson County, if you're ever traveling through, give uh, City Gone Country Cabin a, a Google. And we're on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. If, if you see a big, nice house, now that's not the, the cabin. The cabin's on there somewhere. we got somebody trying to update us. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've not took it off of there yet, and they were supposed to Airbnb, TripAdvisor, HomeAway. We're on all of it. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, yeah, just uh, – or look us up on Facebook, Rick or Teresa Powell. Rick or Teresa Powell on Facebook. Me- messages that yeah. we do a whole lot of that. Yeah, that's good. Well, sir, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's really been interesting. I've enjoyed it. Well, I thank you, Danny, for having me. I appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you all next time. Y'all have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to A&J Deals, your one-stop shop for all your everyday needs in the heart of St. Gap, Kentucky. At A&J Deals, we believe in bringing you the best deals on a wide range of products that you use in your daily life. Looking for unique trinkets or toys that bring smiles to your loved ones' faces? We've got an incredible selection that's sure to delight kids and adults alike. Tired of running low on laundry detergent? Need a quick energy boost during those busy days? Grab your favorite energy drink and essentials like batteries, light bulbs, utensils, and more right here at A&J Deals. But that's not all. Our friendly staff is always here to assist you in finding exactly what you need. Customer satisfaction is our top priority. So whether you're a Sand Gap local or just passing through, A&J Deals is your go-to destination for quality products at unbeatable prices. All of this nestled in the heart of Appalachia. Your community, your savings, visit us today at 7416 Highway 421 North in Sand Gap, Kentucky. 
Our phone number is 606-975-9664. 